oh wow, God's law is just as simple as love God and love other people? Yeah, actually, but here's the catch, okay? The love he's talking about is much more demanding than we realize. You are listening to the Hope Valley Podcast, a weekly production of Hope Valley Church in Winchester, Virginia, with your host, Pastor Sam Rogers. Well, hello, and welcome to Sunday Morning with Hope Valley Church. I'm Pastor Sam, the lead pastor here at Hope Valley, and today we're continuing in the series that we've been calling Bible Threads. And really what we're doing is we're looking at kind of these big, Uh, unifying ideas that really run through the story of the Bible. And we're seeing how all of these threads that run through the story of the Bible really point us to Jesus as really the central figure, the central character, if you will, of that story that we see in Scripture. And really, my hope in doing this is that we'll just have a better realization of just what the messages of the Bible really are. Uh, and, and what they mean for the way that we live, uh, the way that we relate to God, and the way that we act towards other people. So today, the thread we're going to be picking up on is the, uh, this concept of God's law, right? Well, what is God's law? Well, in the Bible, God's law is really a way of living that is meant to set God's people apart from the rest of the world. Um, you can think of holiness, if you might remember the lesson we had uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, And so it's meant to set God's people apart from the world, right? Really make them distinct. Uh, It's meant to also establish justice and morality and equity in the community. And it's meant to show us a picture of what God is like. Kind of the central idea I want you to hold on to as we go through the study is that what God really desires and expects out of you and me are really two things at the end of the day. First, that we would really be devoted to Him, that we would love Him with every single part of who we are, and that we would love other people like ourselves. And what I mean by that is not love other people that are like us, right? But to love other people in the same way that we love our own selves. So this is a really embedded message that we see in Scripture, and today we're just going to unpack that a little bit today. So. Starting back in the Old Testament, one thing to understand is that uh, the Jewish people really would have thought of the Old Testament in two large categories. The first one is the law, and the second one is the prophets. And I want you to I want you to think of those two categories because that terminology of the law and the prophets that's going to come into play a little bit later. Okay, uh, but the law uh, was this title that was given to uh, this five book story that contrast the giving of God's law against the sinfulness of humanity. And these five books were the books uh, from Genesis to Deuteronomy in your Bible. And really what we see in the story is that out of sinful humanity, right, the opening chapters of Genesis really just kind of unpack generational repetitive sin uh, that all of humanity was guilty of. And, And so kind of out of that sinfulness and humanity uh, of humanity God creates and he really does he creates this nation called Israel and he gives them the law right uh, and actually the story from Leviticus to Deuteronomy really kind of follows this pattern of alternating between God giving laws and then stories of human rebellion against the laws that God is giving um, 
So the sec the section, uh, this five book collection called the law, well, it concludes in Deuteronomy with Moses telling the people that they're actually not able to follow God's law. And, and, and the reason is not because God's laws are, are too hard or even impossible to follow. The reason that Moses gives them that they can't follow God's law is the fact that their own hearts are hard and stubborn, right? And so there's a, there's a deeply embedded heart issue that the people have. And we actually see this in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 26. It's near the end of the book of Deuteronomy. Look what Moses says. Uh, this is Moses speaking. He says, take this book of instruction. He's talking about God's law. And place it inside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, so it may remain there as a witness against the people of Israel. For I know how rebellious and stubborn you are. Even now, while I am still alive and am here with you, you have rebelled against the Lord. How much more rebellious will you be after my death? And so this is Moses kind of speaking. Uh, it's very near the end of his life. He knows he's very near to the end of his life. He's, he's recorded God's law. He's giving it to the people. And he's saying, listen, you need to hold on to this. It's a, really, it's going to be a, a witness to the fact that you are stubborn and rebelling because God's law, again, not impossible. Elsewhere in Deuteronomy, Moses says very plainly, God's law is not too difficult for you to follow. The, the problem is the fact that your heart is too hard and too stubborn to follow God's law. Okay? So then we pick up in the section of the Old Testament called the prophets, which is really most of the rest of the New Testament, or of the Old Testament, I'm sorry. Uh, and the prophets was the title given to the remaining historical and prophetic books of the Old Testament that are really this continuation of this same story, but from the perspective of the prophets, which is why they call that section the prophets, okay? Uh, and, you know, for example, you'll see these in like the books of like from between Joshua and Kings and then, you know, from Isaiah to Malachi, if you're looking at the sections of your Bible. And so the story goes on to really just recount Israel's total failure to follow God's law generation after generation. This is a very simple summary of the rest of the Old Testament, right? Generation after generation after generation, the people that God gave his law to, they can't they can't keep it. It's, it's, it just seems like they're totally unable. And of course, calling back to Deuteronomy, we know that Moses explained the reason was because of an issue they have with their hearts. And so there's three major prophets, three of the major prophet books, they pick up on this issue of the heart that Moses had begun to talk about back in Deuteronomy. Uh, and we see here in Ezekiel, Ezekiel begins to prophesy that What's going to have to happen, in fact, what is going to happen, is that God is actually going to give the people new hearts. Look here in Ezekiel 36, uh, verse 26. He says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And then Jeremiah picks up on this idea and he continues it. He's, he, he talks about the fact that uh, in addition to giving them a new heart, God was actually going to write his laws into uh, the people's hearts in a way that the law of God would no longer feel like some sort of like a burden or a duty, but would actually become a joy, right? It would be, uh, people would follow God's law because because they loved to follow God's law, not because they were struggling to follow God's law. And we see this in Jeremiah uh, verse 
uh, chapter 31, verse 33, he says, But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And then Isaiah goes on to prophesy about the fact that God was going to send someone, that Isaiah and his prophecy refers to as the servant. That God was going to send this servant who would lead people in following God's law. Look here in Isaiah chapter 42 verse 4. He says, He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. So who is, right? Who is this servant that Isaiah is talking about that God was going to send? Who, were, who would lead people in, in actually understanding and obeying and living out God's law in an authentic, genuine way? You guessed it. That person is Jesus, the servant, right? What we see in the story of the Gospels is that Jesus comes and he teaches the law with greater clarity and depth than anyone had ever heard before. Some people mistakenly think that Jesus somehow does away with the law of the Old Testament. But that's not what he does at all. He actually takes the law of the Old Testament. He teaches it in a manner of clarity and understanding that people had never thought about it before, frankly. Uh, and, and he actually takes it deeper into the heart than, uh, than you would, you know, people before that had, had even thought to, to do, right? And, and so we see that, that Jesus actually says that the requirements of God's law were fully met by doing two things, loving God and loving others. And we see this interaction in, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 35 through 40, where where he's kind of quizzed, you know, Jesus is being questioned. And they say, well, of all of God's laws, of all the commandments, which one is the greatest? And essentially, Jesus responds back and he says, you know, there's not really one that's the greatest. There's actually two. The first one is to love God with every part of who you are. And the second one is to love your neighbor, right? And he says, on these two laws... On these two commandments, the entire law and the prophets rests, right? And so Jesus connects what would have been very familiar to them, right? These two categories of the Old Testament, really the bulk of the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. And Jesus says the entire story, the entire law that you see in the law and the prophets are fulfilled when you keep these two commandments. When you love God with every part of who you are and you love your neighbor in the same way that you love yourself, right? And so Jesus showed how love is actually far more demanding than we realize. And I, I want to kind of focus on this today because you may be hearing me and going, oh, wow, God's law is just as simple as love God and love other people. The answer is, yeah, actually, but here's the catch, okay? Most of us either have a very low very weak, and a, frankly, a very emotional definition of love. That is not the kind of love that Jesus is talking about, and it's not the kind of love that the scriptures are talking about. Okay? 
Jesus actually shows us that the love he's talking about is much more demanding than we realize. And if you go read uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 48, uh, this is a big section of what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus really kind of unpacks the depth of the love that he's describing. He takes things and he, and he like elevates them to a higher level, right? Because Jesus is not just talking about like the kind of love that happens because I like you or because we have a good relationship. He's actually talking about a sacrificial love that's based on choice and commitment, not uh, based on you know, emotion and relationship, right? So in other words, there's really no room for you to go, well, I can't go, I can't go love that person because uh, they make me upset or they annoy me or I don't like them. None of that would matter in terms of the command that Jesus is giving because he's talking about a sacrificial love. So Jesus takes things a lot deeper with the law than people had ever thought to take them before, which again is exactly what Isaiah said the servant was going to come and do. For example, Jesus talks about loving your enemies, right? There's passages where Jesus says, listen, if you only love people who love you back, like, what credit is that to you? Like, that's not even a big deal. He says, even evil, sinful people love people who love them back, right? So Jesus makes it really clear. I'm not just talking about loving people that you like. I'm talking about loving everyone, right? Even loving your enemies. He talks about how hate is actually, in his eyes, the same thing as murder. I mean, that's pretty extreme if you think about it, right? Like, Jesus, you, you really are saying that's the same thing to you? And you know what? He's saying, yeah, it is. He says, whoever hates somebody has already murdered that person in their heart. Uh, he talks about how lusting after somebody who's not your spouse is the same ha as having already committed adultery against your spouse, right? And so he's taking these concepts of love that people thought they understood. Like people, when, when people were reading in the Old Testament and go, okay, I'm supposed to love God, I'm supposed to love my neighbor. Jesus comes along and goes, yes, those two things fulfill the entire law. But here's the thing. You don't understand what love really is. And so for us to understand what Jesus is saying when he says that these two commandments, to love God and to love others, like these two commandments fulfill all of God's laws. We have to understand the kind of love that he's talking about because it's a very difficult, very sacrificial, and a very consistent kind of love that, frankly, we're not used to. Okay? And he explained that the law and the prophets were about something deeper than following rules, right? Uh, this is another way that the way that Jesus taught the law was very revolutionary, right? Because it wasn't just about rule following. It wasn't just about checking boxes. Here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, he's talking to the religious teachers. And he says, I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. I mean, think about what Jesus is saying. He's saying, see these people over here who are following the law? Right? They're, they're checking the boxes. They're following the law, you know, legally as it was written. He says, your righteousness, in other words, your following of the law needs to be better than that. Because if it's not, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. That's pretty wild when you think about it. Okay? And actually, later, the Apostle John explained uh, some of this idea in more 
uh, in more depth when he talked about how love for God and love for other people really can't be separated. Uh, and this is a hard-hitting passage. I want you to look at this. It's 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. He says, If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? Now, what's John talking about? Right? John's trying to help us understand that not only are these two commandments, the, the, the two great commandments on which everything else about God's law is based, right? That we love God and love other people. John is explaining not only are they the two greatest commandments, but, the, but they're commandments that you can't separate. In other words, John is saying, you, it's not possible for you to say, I'm keeping the commandment of loving God, but I'm not doing very good at keeping the commandment of loving, of loving other people. John says that if you claim to be doing that, you're lying to yourself. He says, you can't say that you love God when you can't even love somebody that's physical and tangible that you can touch, right? In other words, God's invisible, right? If I say to you, I love God, it's actually kind of easy for me to lie about that and get away with it because you can't see God. And you can't really see our relationship. And so you've got to take my word for it. But if I say, I love my brother over here, but you look at my life, you can watch me. You can see, no, he doesn't, right? So John is saying that in some ways, loving other people in some ways is harder. Uh, and it's more accountable in some ways, if that makes sense, right? Uh, and so he's saying, listen, you don't tell me you love God when I can see that you're not loving other people. These two commandments, they're not separable, right? And what you're doing is you're claiming to do the thing that I can't hold you to account on, um, but at the same time, you're not doing the thing that I can see, right? I don't know if you really love God, but I can see that you're not loving that other person. Does that make sense? So there's this unbreakable connection between the two commandments of loving God and loving other people. And they are in that order, right? The first and greatest commandment is that we would love God with every part of who we are. And the second commandment is that we would love our neighbors as ourselves. Okay? And then where this thread kind of in the story of the Bible wraps up is we see that God fulfills his promise to provide a new heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? The Holy Spirit comes and actually transforms our hearts and leads us to be able to follow God's law. Let's look here at Titus chapter 3, verse 3. He says, Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love. He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sin, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. All right. 
So the Holy Spirit then has promised to us to come and give us that new heart that Ezekiel and Jeremiah and these other prophets had, had, had foretold for so long that God was going to do, that God was going to give us a new heart that was capable of following His law, capable of loving Him, and capable of loving others well. So what does all this mean for us? Well, first, really simply, we have to remember that God cares about our conduct and our treatment of other people. This is something that, frankly, I don't think we think about enough, right? Oh, we know like, oh, I, I shouldn't treat that person this way. I shouldn't say this to that person that way. I know that's not the best way to handle it. It's like, you know what? It's a bigger deal than that. God cares about your conduct and your treatment of other people. I mean, just think about the implications of the fact that the, that the second greatest commandment God is ever giving humanity is that we would love other people fully, right? That alone tells you that the way that you act towards other people and the way that you care for them is something that actually matters a lot to God. And so we've got to keep that in our mind. It also means that God expects you to make relationship with Him and care for other people a priority in your life. Because loving other people doesn't, again, it's not about like an emotional, oh I, oh, I love that guy. Let's go hang out. Oh, I like him. No, 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 no. It's something way deeper than that. He's saying the, the love he's talking about is the kind of love that takes care of people, that cares for their needs, that cares about justice, that cares about uh, um, provision, that cares about safety, that cares about, you know, all those kinds of things, right? You can, you can love people biblically, that maybe you don't even have a relationship with, but you can show them love by the way that you act towards them, especially in their time of need, right? So we have to remember that God expects us to make relationship with Him and relationship with other people, right? He expects us to make that a priority in our life, right? You have to love God with all of yourself and love your neighbor as yourself, Right? Both of these are non-negotiables of people that follow Christ. They're non-negotiable. You following Christ? <laughs> these two commandments cannot be taken off the table. They're a key element of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. In order to do any of this, right? That's the last thing I want us to really take away and remember. In order for us to do any of this, we have got to surrender our heart to the Holy Spirit's work and renewal. Right? The reality is, you know, maybe as you're listening to some of this, you're like, Sam, I don't know if I can do that. I get it, right? <laughs> Loving other people the way the Bible commands us to do it is really hard. But as Moses said, it's mostly hard because of the issue we have in our hearts. And so one of our big takeaways for today is that we have got to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and to renew our hearts, really to give us new hearts in the way that he promised he would. But we've got to submit and we've got to surrender to that process. All right? So here's a challenge I've got for you guys today. Okay, first, first thing I want you to challenge yourself with is this question. How can you make more effort to love others this week? I want you to think about that. Okay? And again, not how can you make more effort to like more people this week. I mean, liking people is great but it's not a requisite for loving them. 
Okay? So how can we love in action others this week? I want you to think about that. I also want you to contemplate John's challenge, right? That you cannot actually love God if you're unable to love the people within your own circles of relationship. Like, think about that challenge. I want you to get, I want you, I mean, how does that challenge you today? Because it's a very bold statement that John makes when he says, anyone who says, I love God, but he hates his brother is a liar. <laughs> like, John's not pulling any punches. That's a challenging thing that we're seeing there in 1 John 4.20. So contemplate that today. How does that challenge you? Think that through. In what ways are you claiming to love God? but totally okay not loving the people that are within your circles of influence and relationship, all right? Listen, I know this is some heavy stuff we've talked about today. Hopefully it's made sense for you, uh, but let me give you some devotional questions. These are kind of just, you know, some personal study questions. I really would encourage you to think about these multiple times throughout the week. Um, really just spend some time in prayer on these questions. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you just understand the answers and know what the answers are and then you know apply these things in your life so here's the first question i got for you uh what justifications have you been using to not show love to others second question is pray about those justifications how do you hear the holy spirit challenging you The third question is, what parts of your heart have you been holding back from God? All right. Well, gang, I know it's some heavy stuff we talked about today, but let's go ahead and uh, let, me, let me just pray for you before we wrap up, okay? Lord God, I just thank you for your love, Lord God, for your power and your work in our lives. Not only are you a great and loving God, but you actually enable us to also be loving people. Uh, people that, that do not have stubborn, hard hearts that are resistant to your law and your goodness, Lord God. But you've actually empowered us and enabled us to be people who love your law, who love you, and who love one another. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would work in our hearts, work that transformation, that renewal of our hearts, that we would not be stubborn, hard-hearted, that we would be open to, to, uh, to really just uh, sacrificially loving the people around us. Lord God, I just pray that you would convict us, Lord God, if we've got uh, bitterness or cynicism or unforgiveness that we've been allowing to really kind of grow in our hearts, I pray that you would First of all, just forgive us for doing that. Um, but then also just heal us maybe from the wounds that have been maybe, maybe causing those emotions and those feelings, Lord God. Uh, and Lord, I just pray that you would just lead us in loving other people well. Lord God, open our eyes to the ways that we can care for uh, the people around us, the ways that we can promote justice uh, and, and your righteousness in our communities and in our relationships, Lord. Uh, just lead us in these things. Uh, show us how to be people that love you and love others well. Uh, and I just 
thank you, Lord God, for really just enabling this and empowering us to be able to do this in the first place. You're, you're so good. You're so loving. You're so patient. And Lord God, we just thank you for that in your name. Amen. All right. Well, I hope this has been uh, helpful and just a blessing for you today. And uh, we look forward to having you with us again. So you guys have a great day. Uh, we love you. Be blessed. Bye-bye. We are so glad you've joined us today. To learn more about Hope Valley Church and get access to free resources, just go to www.hopevalley.church. Hope Valley is a church based in Winchester, Virginia that meets in homes around the region. So if you'd like to find out more about home churches, how they work, and how to locate one near you, just go to hopevalley.church house. Thanks again for joining us and may God bless you today.